My name's Kelly Lynch. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, life coach, nutrition coach, and personal trainer in Connecticut. I believe so much in the power of language and storytelling because I see it at work every day as my clients transform their lives by changing the language they use to describe their experiences. This is work, though, that I could not have ever learned how to do this well if I hadn't experienced it for myself first. But before I tell my story, I'd like to advise all listeners that this is a story of trauma revolving around marital abuse and domestic violence. There will be triggers in this story, so please be mindful of your own experiences. Trauma can and does happen to any one of us. It doesn't discriminate. I'm a trained psychotherapist with over a decade of experience, and trauma still happened to me. Please know if you've experienced or if you are experiencing trauma or in an unsafe relationship, there are so many resources available, and all you need to do is ask for help. But also, please know that as much as my story begins with trauma, that's not where it ends. It pivots to joy, abundance, and empowered, epic authenticity. My story begins on September 5th, 2009, the day I married my ex-husband. I was raised in an environment to respect authority and to be compliant. Now, in some ways that was appropriate in terms of being able to understand a flow and an order which can work really well in certain situations, but it also fostered in me the subconscious belief system of needing to stifle my voice for the sake of others. I remember walking down the aisle with my dad telling me, both jokingly and seriously, that we could turn around and run anytime I wanted. I thought I was walking towards the love of my life, so I just dismissed my dad as being silly and trying to make me laugh. What I wasn't willing to admit, however, was that my dad, along with the rest of my family, was right. I'd been dating my ex-husband for about four and a half years prior to getting married, and while things hadn't been perfect, I naively thought that they were okay. I knew he had a temper because when we'd argue, he'd yell and occasionally break things like a mug or a glass. I dismiss those moments as, oh, he's angry. I'll just leave him alone to calm down and everything will be fine. And until we got married, that was manageable. Being in my very early 20s at the time and never having been in a a relationship as serious as this one, there was a part of me that didn't know any better. And there was another part of me that didn't want to know any better. When we got married, it was like a switch flipped. It began first with him having more things to say about the people I was friends with and how much he disapproved of those relationships. Over time, I ended up distancing myself from those people and eventually ended those friendships because I thought my most important job was to be loyal to him and respect him. This also included me becoming more distanced from my family because he spoke so often of how he perceived them as disapproving of him and of our relationship. Then he began to be financially manipulative and controlling. It started with him refusing to allow me access to the checkbooks for our shared accounts, but then he'd go and engage in irresponsible spending to the point that we ended up multiple times with over five figures of credit card debt. He would make large purchases without discussing it with me first, and when I disagreed with him, he'd often talk about how I needed to calm down about money and our financial situation because it shouldn't matter. He'd accuse me of being too frugal and that I needed to learn how to live my life in happier ways. I wasn't allowed to help manage the bills, but for our tiny family, I was expected to carry the medical benefits and to be the primary breadwinner. Over time, as my relationships with family and friends suffered and our financial situation became more and more stressful, I eventually began to develop depression and severe anxiety. After we got married, we purchased a home in a different part of our state in order to be closer to his job. 
I wasn't comfortable with the property we purchased because I felt it was more than what we could realistically manage at the time, but he had insisted on it. What I didn't realize in him insisting on this particular home was that it was yet another way to isolate me more from my friends and family. Once we moved into that home and were settled, significant gaslighting behavior began. Now, I honestly don't know if he realized he was gaslighting me or if he even knows what gaslighting is. Gaslighting behavior is when a person manipulates someone else psychologically into questioning their sanity. This began with him accusing me of not remembering him telling me something when he really had never told me. A good example of this would be him going out with friends or changing his work schedule and accusing me of not remembering that he had told me, even though he never had. It started out with him saying things like, you just have a terrible memory, and then evolved into, you're losing your mind, you can't remember anything. Over time, he'd also start moving things around the house and then tell me I did it, only to again accuse me of being crazy for not remembering doing something. Eventually, this strategy and tactic worked because I began to believe that I was actually losing my mind and I feared deeply that I would end up with an early onset of dementia. With this, my depression and anxiety significantly increased. I was working in a clinic setting as a therapist at the time in a very high-stress position, which also exacerbated the mental health symptoms I was experiencing. Looking back, I now realize it had gotten so bad so fast, and I didn't want to admit to myself how much I felt like a failure. So I started saying false, very distorted things to myself, such as, this is what you signed up for, Cal, you just have to figure out how to make it work. All of these issues, the financial abuse, the psychological and emotional manipulation, the isolation, this all evolved over about three and a half years. And that's an important thing to recognize because when you're in an unhealthy relationship that is abusive, this isn't something that happens overnight. We were married for a total of five years. This took a long time to evolve. In the last year and a half of our marriage, he began to get physical with me. I had gotten pregnant with our daughter in July of 2012, and just prior to getting pregnant, he had started a pattern of groping me inappropriately. I had always expressed resentment about being touched in ways I didn't like or felt comfortable with. I would tell him not to do that, and his response routinely, as he was laughing at me, would be, you're my wife, I can do what I want. And again, I'd tell myself I had to figure out how to deal with it because it's what I signed up for. This behavior also escalated over time to him throwing tantrums when I would turn his request for sexual intimacy down, only for me to end up relenting just to make the tantrum stop because it would get so bad. It felt objectifying, minimizing to who I was as a person, and incredibly degrading. In the last six months of being married, he began to physically threaten me. There were three total incidents of him threatening my physical safety with a knife, and it was the final incident which made me decide to leave. Our daughter, who was born in February 2013, was a year and a half old at the time. The night of this final incident, I had put her to bed, and he and I were being silly together, just relaxing on the couch. Now, he was also intoxicated, as he regularly would drink at night. In goofing around, I had giggled at him at one point, which caused him to fly into a rage. At one point, while he was raging, he had become so loud that it woke our daughter up. So I'd gone into her nursery to pick her up out of her crib to soothe her, and try to get her back to bed while he was outside trying to calm down. But when he came inside to shower and get ready for bed, he went into the bathroom, grabbed multiple single boxes of bar soap, and threw them at me while I was holding our daughter. He continued to rage, to slam doors, and to scream at me and berate me, and eventually grabbed a butcher knife out of our kitchen knife block. 
First, he threatened to harm himself with it, but then instantly switched that threat to me, stating, I should just slit your throat instead. Ultimately, he walked around the house for close to two and a half hours with that knife while threatening me. When he finally put the knife away, he continued to berate me, and as the incident came to a close, one of the final things he said was, I should just beat you. You deserve it. He threw punches next to my head and walked away. I had never been so terrified. I truly believed I was going to die that night. Once that night was over, I disclosed the degree of abuse to my parents. They immediately helped me start to plan as I also began looking for a divorce attorney. I planned for six weeks on how to escape with my daughter until one night it finally happened. My oldest sister came to get me and she hid me and my daughter for three days from my ex-husband. I then moved in with my parents, filed for the divorce and a protective order, and the divorce began. Over the course of the next six months, my divorce proceeded, evolved, and eventually was finalized. I went through emotions of despair, fear, incredible grief, anger, more grief, anxiety and depression, and then finally hope and anticipation of positive possibility. Two months after getting divorced, the protective order against my ex-husband was lifted, I bought a home, and I began the next phase of my life with my daughter. My ex-husband and I now have shared physical custody of our daughter, and she lives with me. She is a healthy, happy, thriving six-year-old, and has great relationships with both myself and her father, as well as her extended family. My relationship with my ex-husband has also significantly evolved, because I have had to learn how to co-parent with a man who once threatened my life due to the determination of the court that we would share custody. At this point, we do have a successful parenting relationship, and to his credit, he has learned how to be respectful of my boundaries and the limits that I keep on the relationship with him because of what I have been through. We have learned how to navigate through an incredible amount of sharp edges that life contained, extremely transparent conversations about the impact we've mutually had on each other, and the ways that we've experienced each other, both positively and negatively. Additionally, it's been an incredibly empowering experience personally to realize and then lean into my ability to navigate an ongoing parenting relationship with a man I once believed was going to kill me. This proved to me that while I may have lived through serious trauma, I don't ever need to allow trauma to define who I am and the way I choose to move through and experience the world. I've been divorced at this point for five years. In the last five years, my life has drastically and dramatically changed, all for the better. I stabilized the financial situation my ex-husband had created, I settled into my new home, and I focused on supporting my daughter as she adjusted to her new normal. I built what is now a thriving private psychotherapy practice, and I began to develop a coaching practice. I've been through both therapy and personal coaching for the purpose of bettering myself and my life. Therapy and coaching have been transformative, necessary experiences. In the process of each, I gained incredible insight about myself. I ended up in the position I was in because I had been willing to stifle my voice for the perceived benefit of someone else. But in stifling my voice, I also sacrificed my boundaries and my ability to take good care of myself. This created a snowball effect of me being willing to release relationships that matter to me, releasing my autonomy, and releasing control over my mental and physical health. 
in moving through therapy and life coaching, I reconnected to myself. I redefined my non-negotiables and relationships along with redefining my terms for life. And I both found and elevated my voice and desire to take up space in this world. This, all of this, brought the biggest lesson. And this is the lesson that applies to every single one of us. Resiliency and the ability to rise is within all of us. We can have experiences, positive and negative, but we do not ever have to lay down and surrender to those experiences. There is always a choice and the opportunity to rise. In sharing my story, I continue to reinforce to myself why I'm a survivor and not a victim. It is not my fault that trauma happened to me. It is, however, always my responsibility to take ownership of my behaviors and choices and to figure out what I'm going to do about that. My purpose in this world and in the gift of the life that I've been given is to teach my daughter how to rise, regardless of the obstacles placed in front of her, and to support as many women as I possibly can to do exactly the same. I specialize now in working with women who are seeking to redefine their identity by writing a new story of who they are, one which they can take full, proud ownership of and shift the way they move through the world from anxious to small to confident and empowered. It's a dream to be able to do the work I'm doing now. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, my experience of trauma pushed me to become the woman I am today because I was unwilling to back down and surrender to it. I dream of being able to support thousands of women for the rest of my career to find that same source of strength and resiliency inside of themselves, to use their voice, and to take joy in taking up space. We all have stories worth telling, and I'm so grateful to each of you today who have taken time to hear mine. And I am so excited for the opportunity to one day hear yours as well. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.